Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, 49ers News Update and Q&A. Of course, it's Thursday. That's what we do on Thursdays. We have a great conversation, and anyone that comes into chat, leave me a, a question, and we'll make sure to get into it. But there's a lot of 49ers news, some really good 49ers news. Uh, so definitely excited about you know, talking about all of it. And uh, Kyle Shanahan had some really cool things to say today. The 49ers are officially done with practice for the week and prepared for the Washington Commanders on Saturday. But let's get into all the news that came out. And I think the biggest news of all is Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw is going to be activated to play against the Washington Commanders on Saturday. What a huge advantage for the 49ers. Now they can plug uh, Kinlaw next to Eric Armstead. And you finally got the starting defensive line that you had week one with Abucom and Bosa on the outsides and Armstead and Kinlaw on the insides. That first group is going to be absolutely fantastic. And they're going to be asked to stop a very good run game with Robinson and Gibson coming from the Washington Commanders. D'Amico Ryans earlier in the week said this is the toughest run game they've seen since Atlanta. So it's coming at the right time. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, he when he announced it, this is exactly what he said about Javon Kinlaw. Uh, yes, yeah, expect him to be up. Uh, he had a real good um, Thursday practice. That was on a Wednesday. Um, and everything was light today, but he had a good week, no setbacks, and real excited to see him out there. So Kinlaw is back. Kinlaw is going to be playing a huge role in this football game. Uh, it, it's nice to see. Now, I mean, there's going to be question marks, you know, and people are going to ask, is his knee going to be able to hold up? Uh, we won't know, but I think the good news is he's trending in the right direction. He had no setbacks this week. That's good news for the 49ers because having Javon Kinlaw 
back in the interior defensive line is what they need because they've had injuries to Sasan Ridgeway. Kevin Givens is still out. He'll probably be out for at least one more week, maybe two. So they needed that help on the inside. Now, Kerry Hyder's been back at practice. Uh, it, it's going to be a good situation for this 49ers rotation on the defensive line. It's great. And and Paul says, Kinlaw better get busy. Get my prediction of five and a half sacks because it's all about me. I love that, Paul. Yeah, he's got he's got some work to do. Uh, they said that he got bigger and stronger during his time off. So uh, Kinlaw's been putting in the work. His body looks fantastic. He looked explosive from the practice video that I was able to watch. So I'm excited about Kinlaw coming back and extremely hopeful that he's going to be able to hold up to the rigors of you know playing this football game. It won't be easy. This is going to be a test. Uh, this is the closest thing to a playoff game because those Washington commanders want to win. And I think that they know they have to win. And this is a tough game. Pointers are not going to let them do it. John Lynch was on KNBR earlier today talking about the fact he loves the mindset of the football team. Listening to George Kittle talk to the media after the practice yesterday. They're they're not done yet. You know, they know that two seed is still there. Uh, they're not checking boxes like, oh, well, we won the West. Now we're, we're done. No, they're ready to continue to win and try to, you know, take this hot streak all the way into the playoffs. Hot teams are the teams to worry about. And the four years are trying to stay there. Uh, Paul says, I just truly hope he does well and stays healthy. I'm with you. I, I want to root for Javon Kinlaw. I want him to do very, very well. And, you know, there's been question marks about Brock Purdy as well. Purdy, of course, last week, I mean, from his own words, he was going to start the game, but he didn't know how long he was going to be able to play. Maybe one injury, one hit away from him potentially coming out of the game and going with Josh Johnson. And early in this week, it was very light throwing. They were very careful with Brock Purdy. Uh, but today he wasn't even on the injury report. And Kyle Shanahan you know, talked about Brock Purdy and his status uh, and how he's feeling right now. Good. He was able to do everything. You know, he took it a little easier at the beginning of the week, but I'm um, still made the throws and stuff and got better each day. And I know he feels better today than he did yesterday. And that should continue up to Sunday or Saturday. So Brock Purdy's feeling better. And, you know, the, the farther it gets away from the injury, it looks like the healthier he's going to get. Of course, uh, that Washington commander's defensive line is no joke. Uh, the fact that they're going to have Chase Young back, they're going to have Montez Sweat. They have Deron Payne. They have Jonathan Allen. This is a ridiculously good defensive line. And, you know, we talked about the 49ers being really good on that front. Well, so are the Washington Commanders. And Brock Purdy is going to have a huge test. Ninth best defense in the league. They're going to be able to get after him. It's going to be a tough test for this 49ers offensive line and for Brock Purdy. But, you know what, he's feeling better. He's feeling more healthy, which means he's probably going to be more mobile in the pocket. He's probably going to look to extend plays a little bit more than he did against Seattle, which I felt Kyle just told him, hey, get rid of the football. Seen him pull a Tom Brady, throw it at someone's feet. Just make sure he could live to fight another day. I think that was the right plan for Seattle. They went ahead and handled business, even with Brock Purdy compromised. They were still able to do that. A healthier Brock Purdy gives the 49ers a lot of advantages with the way that he can get outside the pocket, throw on the run, but also create off-schedule opportunities you know, to make big plays. And we've seen those be big plays for the 49ers this year. Jimmy G had some of those. He was able to hit Christian McCaffrey in the back of the end zone. So there's an exciting way of football that Brock Purdy brings. So it's nice to see that he's going to be healthy and he's going to you know, continue to make plays for this 49ers team. The healthier Brock Purdy is, the better it is for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, there was also some 
some conversations this week about Debo Samuel. Debo's already starting to work a little bit on the side field. That's good news. He's on the right track. Uh, what Kyle Shanahan says, I saw him running on the side, and it seems like he's right on track. So that is good news for the 49ers as far as where Debo Samuel is going to be over the next several weeks and how he's going to be when they get into the playoffs. He also talked about Elijah Mitchell as well and said Elijah Mitchell is also on track based on his initial timeline to return, which could be sometime during the playoffs. So that's good news. The 49ers going to get two big weapons back. Uh, Mitchell at some point, probably right during the wild card round, and Debo Samuel over the next several weeks. We'll see if they end up bringing him back for one of the regular season games to kind of get him reacclimated to this offense, or if they wait till the wild card. But I think the good news is the 49ers continue to move towards healthy as far as getting all weapons, and it's already been a very exciting room. Now, some other updates that weren't as good was Jordan Mason now has showed up on the injury report. Jordan Mason uh, had hamstring tightness after Wednesday's practice, so the 49ers were keeping it very limited for him. Uh, so they, they want to make sure that Jordan Mason stays healthy. So that's something he's dealing with, and he's officially been put on the questionable uh, as far as the injury report. So Jordan Mason's questionable. He said, his, you know, his as far as exact quote, it was a little tight on him yesterday as referring to his hamstring. So Jordan Mason, a guy that, you know, has been big for the 49ers in that four-minute stretch and shutting and slamming the door on opposing teams, uh, he he's up in the air whether he's going to be able to play. Normally with a questionable designation, they usually play. But the question marks about Jordan Mason, if you know, you're worried about tightness in the hamstring, can he still fulfill his special teams roles, which have been huge for the 49ers? And if they feel he can't, that's when you could see a Tevin Coleman or a TDP take over his roles in special teams and him you know, not play. So uh, hopefully Jordan Mason is able to go on Saturday. Uh, with him being questionable, I would lean towards that direction that he could still play, but we, we don't know for sure. So I think that right now, Jordan Mason, we just don't know. And then what's up, Randy Daytona? How's it going? And Cowboy Angel, uh, Stephanie, how's it going as well? Welcome to chat. So that is what's going on right now with the running back room. I did have an interesting uh, quote from Kyle Shanahan. He was asked about TDP because with the injury to Jordan Mason, it kind of opens a door potentially for TDP to get some carries. And I thought Kyle Shanahan didn't pull any punches and had a really interesting take on this of TDP and how maybe TDP missed an opportunity uh, when he had his chance. Oh, if, I mean, Ty just kind of missed his opportunity early on. You know, there was a great chance after week two in the Seattle game that he was going to start or at least finish the game with the bulk of the carries versus Denver. Um, and he got a high ankle sprain in week two in the second quarter, but finished the game, um, then was out for a month. And during that month um, was his opportunity. Um, that's where Jeff really got the bulk of the carries. That's where JP got really good at special teams. Um, when Ty came back is when Elijah was healthy. And that's he wasn't getting those over Elijah. Um, then we had Christian and Elijah. JP had already made his role as the third guy on for special teams, and that wasn't going to change. Um, then when Elijah got hurt, um, JP got an opportunity to get up, but he was, I mean, not, uh, Ty did, but he was behind JP at that moment. So he missed his opportunity, um, one, because it was injury. Um, but I do feel he's a lot more ready now. He's waiting for that up. If he doesn't go, he should get some more carries this week. I know it was a long quote, but it's just, it's so good. You know, I mean, he gives you real insight into what he's thinking 
as far as the TDP. And he said, you know what? TDP was going to have his opportunity. Of course, Elijah Mitchell went down early in the season. So Jeff Wilson Jr. came on the scene. TDP was going to you know, have a lot of opportunity. And then he got hurt and he was out for several weeks. Jeff Wilson Jr., of course, assumed that number one role as running back. But then Jordan Mason, who was playing better on special teams, then stuck to the roster, which afforded him the opportunity to get some carries. And that's how people get passed up. So it sounds like Kyle Shanahan has been very happy with the development of TDP over the last several weeks as he's come back from some of his injuries, but was giving insight into why Jordan Mason passed him on the depth chart and why TDP hasn't had the opportunities because he missed it. And unfortunately, right, one of the best abilities is availability. And he just wasn't available because of the high ankle sprain. And that happens to a lot of players. And you don't want to you know, miss games because there's somebody itching to take your spot. And you can see it all through the league. I mean, one of the most famous examples is Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady takes over and he never looks back. And it, you know, it, it changed the franchise forever. Uh, so those type of things happen. So as a veteran, you want to stay on the field. As a rookie, you don't want to get hurt because you want to be on the field. So I thought that was interesting how Kyle Shanahan went you know, so into that. Uh, and I appreciate him doing that. And what's up, Ziggy? How's it going? Uh, welcome to chat. So, yeah, I think it's a very interesting time for this 49ers team and that running back room. It sounds like, you know, it, it's it's either going to be Christian McCaffrey, you know, Jordan Mason and TDP this week, or if they feel Jordan Mason, you know, is, is going to be up in the air, I think it'll be, you know, Christian McCaffrey, TDP, and then you know, they'll bring someone up off the practice squad, which will probably be Tevin Coleman. Now, uh, another player that is, uh, you know, been a question mark has been Charvarius Ward. Mooney Ward, of course, went into concussion protocol actually on Friday. So Thursday, they checked him. The independent neurologist said he's okay. He can go back in. There's no concussion. Kyle Shanann and several staff members, after conversations with him, felt that wasn't the case. So they went ahead and made a, a decision to hold Charverius Ward out the rest of the game. It ends up being the right decision because Charverius Ward on Friday ended up having concussion symptoms. Uh, so the 49ers then, you know, had he was placed into concussion protocol, and now he's been going through the steps. So Charverius Ward has been wearing the blue no-contact jersey on Tuesday and Wednesday practice. The good news is he's in practice, right? And Shanahan said uh, Charverius Ward is in the last steps of concussion protocol, and the team will learn more about his status on Friday. Uh, they listed him as questionable to play on Saturday, meaning there's a good opportunity for him to be able to be cleared from concussion protocol because when you go out there with the no contact jerseys you're practicing to see what your body response is you're still getting nauseous you're still getting dizzy those types of things then you're not going to progress through concussion protocol but if you're not those are all good signs in that direction of course he'll have to go through some final tests and that apparently is going to happen tomorrow and then we can expect hopefully for Charverius Ward to be cleared to play against the Washington Commanders I was listening to Papa and Lund on KNBR, and Greg Papa said he expects Charverius Ward to play. So I think that is good news for the 49ers as well. Uh, so we're getting some good news, you know, overall injury news. Of course, we know Samuel Womack came back this week, which is awesome. So the 49ers should be pretty much full strength this week at cornerback. Ambry Thomas is questionable with an ankle. Uh, if he's able to play, then there will be no Janoris Jenkins brought up. He'll probably stay on the practice squad and not be elevated. So that's something to monitor. We'll see who those elevations are over the next you know, 24 hours or so. So officially out is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I thought it was interesting. I was, I was watching the Kyle Shanahan press conference. And when they mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo being out, 
uh, people in chat were like, why are they bringing up Jimmy? Well, they're also bringing up, you know, other guys as well that are out like Kevin Givens and Debo Samuel. It's part of the process because he's one of the 53 men currently on the active roster. They never put him on IR, so they have to give an update on his injury status. And John Lynch provided some insight into Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where do we expect Jimmy Garoppolo to help this team? That's unknown. We know it won't be until playoffs. But the fact that they haven't put him on IR means they still believe he has an outside chance to help this team in 2022. And this is what John Lynch, you know, told Marcus uh, Boucher and Marcus Thompson on KNBR. He said, that's a hard one to monitor, but I can tell you he's out of his cast now. So he was in a hard cast and now he's in more of a boot and he's still not walking. So that's where he's still not walking. There's still a lot that needs to be done there. But he says, I think... Uh, we wanted to have a good opportunity for heal healing early on. He did get a hard cast off, so that's the progress. But it's not something you can check on each and every day because the first part was just letting the thing heal. And so we're still kind of in that mode. So they're just letting things heal. I thought the other part that was interesting was what John Lynch talked about where Jimmy Garoppolo has been and where he's at. He said, Jimmy is here every day. He's in meetings. He's very into it. He's been great to Brock, as has Trey. That's nice to see. That room has always been solid here. They look out for each other. They are all competitors, but they all have each other's backs. That's been so cool. And Brock Purdy yesterday said the same sort of thing in his press conference, talked about the things that Jimmy did to help him, talked about the experiences that Trey has related to him, about what things he faced in his rookie season. So it's good to see that room you know, working together to help Brock Purdy, where it's all about that goal of winning a Super Bowl. I think that is a, you know, something that's been fun to watch is just how this team has responded and how they'll, you know, put others first and working together. I think it's a good sign for this 49ers team moving forward. So I, I've been, I'm overall, you know, optimistic. I think there's some good news coming out of, you know, the 49ers press conferences in 49er land. We know Kevin Givens isn't quite there yet. He's going to be out now on the questionable side for the 49ers. Kerry Hyder has been dealing with the ankle. The fact that he's listed as questionable is good news. He played on a short week against Seattle. He's had more time. I watched him a little bit on some of the practice videos. He's moving around uh, okay. I think he's going to play in this football game. Jordan Mason, the hamstring, we talked about him earlier. Uh, Tarverius Moore getting close to coming back. He's been dealing with a knee. That would be a huge special teams help. Sam Womack and Tarverius Moore have handled a lot of the gunner responsibilities on punt and kickoff. Having both of those guys back, would be huge for the 49ers. We know for a fact Womack will. If Moore can come back as well, that's good news for the 49ers special teams, which complementary football, the way they play offense, defense, special teams working together, it'll be important. If you can pin those guys back, don't allow them to get good field position on kickoffs and punts, uh, you have a better chance for your defense. So uh, that goes a long way. Of course, Ambry Thomas with the ankle, he had to leave the game against Seattle, but they've had him day-to-day. -day. And then we talked about Charvarius Ward. Now, as far as the Washington Commanders, they're going to be without their one of their offensive tackles. Uh, Shadiq Charles, he's going to be out. He's dealing with a concussion. He's not going to be cleared. Questionable, their safety, uh, Cameron Curl, uh, and cornerback Benjamin St. Juice. I expect both of them to play. Both of them are dealing with ankles. They're going to be back. And, of course, huge, absolutely huge news You know, coming out of the Washington Commanders as far as uh, they're going to have Chase Young. Chase Young is going to be playing opposite of Montez Sweat. So they're going to be full go on that offensive line. Chase Young, Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. 
they're going to be spectacular. So it's going to be a fun matchup, defensive line versus defensive line. Now, since it's Q&A, everyone go ahead and start filling up chat, letting me know your opinions, you know, the things you want to talk about. And I'll keep talking a little bit here because I want to go over the Pro Bowl a little bit. Um, but I want you guys to start populating chat with any questions that you have. And uh, we'll just have a fun conversation. So, of course, here's the Pro Bowl list and lineup. Kyle Juszczyk, uh, of course, you know, he's the fullback. Uh, I still don't like that he doesn't have an opportunity to be an all-pro. I, I don't like that they took that out, but he's going to get recognized as a pro bowler. Nick Bosa, uh, he deserves it. as He's probably going to be the defensive player of the year, but I don't think that's a surprise. Talano Ufanga, a little bit of surprise, but I think the way he came out beginning of the year, gangbusters, uh, he's leading the team in, in, in with four interceptions. Uh, he's definitely deserving, so I, I love it. And George Kittle, he's going to be a starter. Fred Warner, why not, right? I mean, him and George Kittle are should be shoe-ins every year for, for the Pro Bowl. Trent Williams, uh, you might as well go ahead and just have Trent there. Trent, this is his 10th Pro Bowl. From 2012 to 2018, he made it every year. And then from 2020 to 22, of course, 2019, he did not play. Uh, so he's ridiculous. I mean, he started 11 games a season. He has a 94.5 overall grade from uh, PFF. He's just ridiculous. And then... 49ers did have some guys make it alternates. Uh, the first one, a little surprising to me, Jake Brendel, uh, the center for the 49ers. He's an alternate for the Pro Bowl. That was a shocker. Kicker Robbie Gold. Uh, Christian McCaffrey not starting. That surprises me. His numbers since he came to the 49ers have been first and second. Pretty much every category. On special teams, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, he's an alternate. Uh, Debo Samuel's an alternate. Carverius Ward, which, you know, thanks to the NFL or ticking off Charverius Ward. He already plays with a chip on his shoulder. Don't think him being an alternate for the Pro Bowl ain't going to piss him off even more. And then Mitch Wisnowski, also an alternate. And I think, you know, Mitch Wisnowski's had a really good year as a punter, so I think he deserves it. So, I mean, though, that's your Pro Bowlers for the 49ers. So, it, it's pretty interesting. And Paul says, if they run a four-man front, uh, want us to run our outside zone or our gap schemes more effectively, yeah, I think it depends on how they end up lining it up. You know, I mean, how they line up their guys, if they're getting a wide nine technique, uh, yet they're still playing Payne and Allen inside, that's going to create a bubble for them to be able to run in the C gap. So I don't know if everyone knows, but each gap has a letter. So between the center and guard, uh, there's an A gap. And then between the guard and tackle, B gap. Tackle and tight end, C gap. Of course, the 49ers often put George Kittle you know, on ball, even off ball, whatever, uh, it creates a gap. And there have been bubbles. If you get a defensive end in a four-man front that plays outside, and then you get a defensive tackle that plays farther inside in their techniques, it can create run areas for you. And I think the 49ers have done a really good job this year of taking advantage of this, whether that's using motion to go ahead and kick a guy out, you know, have an edge rusher come across the ball and kick him out and create a lane inside for them to run. So it all depends about alignment of how they run. If they want to bring them inside those defensive ends and have them more head up on the tackles, uh, then you can run the ball outside with an outside zone or the toss plays that the 49ers have ran pretty extensively. If you can have them be aggressive, then you can cut those things back. So the defense of alignment often dictates what you do uh, with your run scheme. But I think the 49ers can run whatever they want because they execute at such a high level and they get a lot of movement with double teams and point of the, you know, point of blocking attack. So 
I, I, I'm right now. I've been breaking down the all 22 of Washington. I'm actually going to record the episode for Patreon of the scouting report uh, tonight. So I, I've been breaking that down pretty extensive. The Washington Commanders defense is pretty good. I think where some of their weaknesses are is when you look at their linebackers. You know, John Bostic, uh, Jamin Davis. I mean, Davis is a young cat that can, he could fly around. I like him a lot, but they're not on the level of the 49ers linebackers. I mean, right, the Niners have that defensive line and linebacker group, so the front seven is ridiculously good. When it comes to the Commanders, they have the defensive line. I mean, that defensive line is absolutely stout. I think where they have a little bit of a fall-off is with the linebackers and then a fall-off with that safety group. Because even though I, I like this defense overall for the Washington Commanders, I just feel like, you know, it's just not as good as the 49ers. I mean, I... I think, you know, Cameron Curl, he's dealing with an ankle. I think he's going to play. And then you have, you know, Derek Forrest. They they run within the scheme really well, but I just think the 49ers can take advantage of them. And if they have to bring him into the box, I think that's good news for the 49ers. If they can make the commanders have to commit extra guys either to the pass rush and not be able to get home with four or a safety in the box to be able to stop the run, I think that's good news for the 49ers and how they're able to, you know, to run the football. And then Paul says, Dre Greenlaw should be first team. That's big. Yeah, he should. You know, and Kyle Shannon kind of talked about Dre Greenlaw and how good he is. And he felt like that was the biggest snub. He thought Christian McCaffrey not starting was a snub. And he felt Dre Greenlaw has played Pro Bowl caliber level. I'm with it 100%. You know, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Dre Greenlaw was going to be a Pro Bowler. He should have been a Pro Bowler. That's the level that he's played at. 49ers, you know, having six players make the Pro Bowl, they could have easily had 10 uh, guys that started on the Pro Bowl team because they have just been a fantastic roster. And this defense should get the recognition uh, that they deserve. In 1984, all four secondary members for the 49ers made, you know, the, the Pro Bowl. In 1994, it was three of the four with only Eric Davis not making it. So, I mean, that they could have easily went and took a lot of these guys and put him in the Pro Bowl. They took Hufanga. I think Charvarius Ward should have been in there as well. Um, the kind of the person in me, the wild person in me says, you know what? I'm glad you didn't put Charvarius Ward in there because now he's going to get ticked off. Uh, even though he deserved that recognition, he's going to go in there. Now he's going to want to prove it with every single snap. So I, I love the fact that Charvarius Ward is competing the way he is. And hopefully he's going to be healthy this week because if he is, I think he's going to you know cause some problems for for Washington. I mean, Washington's receiver group is pretty darn good. You know, we've been talking about, you know, Terry McLaurin this week. I don't know if you guys have caught a lot of the episodes. There's a lot of stuff, you know, on the channel this week going over this game and also, you know, recap in Seattle a little bit. But when you look at the Washington Commanders offense, I mean, they've got playmakers. Uh, Terry McLaurin, of course. Then they've got Jahan Dotson, and he's got a lot of speed. Curtis Samuel, uh, he, he's he's really good as well. Those guys have been very fantastic. You throw in the fact they also have Deami Brown. So they have four legitimate receivers. Now, Deami Brown has been taking time to develop. He's still got some ability. Uh, but McLaurin and Dotson are the guys that can make make things happen. Logan Thomas, still a sufficient tight end you know, for Washington. So they got some talent there. Uh, it's going to be all about stopping the run, though. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. You can stop those guys. And just think how good their running back room is. J.D. McKissick's actually on IR. But Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson is a one-two punch. 49ers have to make them one-dimensional one in this game. And if you watch you know, what's good with Jay in the Bay, he talked about that for sure. He talked about making them one-dimensional 
uh, and then making Tyler Henneke or Taylor Henneke beat you with the pass. If you know he he if you know he's gonna pass, uh, you can get after him. A guy that's thrown ten touchdowns but five interceptions. Uh, that that two to one ratio is not spectacular for a quarterback, and I think he also takes some sacks. Now, is he athletic enough to give the 49ers some problems where he could extend plays? He absolutely is. And what's up, Charles? Welcome to chat. I think that when it comes down to it, this is an interesting matchup for the 49ers. Could it end up being a preview of week, you know, the wild card round? Sure, it could. Uh, I think right now the 49ers are slated to play the New York football giants and Washington would play Minnesota. I think things could change, though. We'll see. Every time you think Minnesota is going to lose a game, uh, that allows the 49ers to take that two seed. You know, they kind of hold on. And I, I, the more the 49ers have made up a lot of ground. I don't think the 49ers expect to lose another game this year. But, you know, Minnesota will have to drop one. Now they've got, you know, some some tough games coming up. You know, they got inner, you know, uh, interdivision rivalries that they got to overcome. They got to overcome the Packers. Got to overcome the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then they got the New York Giants, you know, and the Giants are are playing for their football lives as well. So it, it's going to be a fun end of the season here as the 49ers look to see if they can get that two seed which is pivotal because then you guarantee yourself two home playoff games as long as you keep winning. Paul says Heineke goes a lot to the middle, kind of like Tua. That didn't work out so well for Miami. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, the 49ers defense is the best in the NFL about blocking the middle of the field and covering the middle of the field. A lot of that has to go with Fred Warner. Fred Warner instinctively is one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the league. You throw in the fact that he's nice, big, and long, and has those coverage abilities from playing safety in his career in college, and you have the perfect guy. I mean, I think you're talking about the game from Miami, Paul. I think one of the most, uh, you know, good, best experience, uh, best examples of this is when he's trying to throw over the top to Trent Sherfield. Sherfield's on a deep crosser, uh, and it's early on to the game, and Fred jumps up and knocks the ball away. I mean, he used all of his height, all of his athletic ability, you know, all of his get up to go get that football. And I think after that, uh, Tua Tagovailoa was a little bit more nervous about making those layered throws. So I think that's one of those things where you're right, Paul. Uh, it's going to be strength on strength again. Now, Heineke over the last couple weeks has been taking more shots down the field and, and taking more chances which is great, you know, and that's a little bit against what the 49ers like to give up. They don't like to give up the big shots, but I think those are also opportunities for turnovers because if you're going to throw the ball downfield, you have to wait longer to be able to get that ball off, which means that pass rush can get home. Now you're adding Javon Kinlaw back in there. You've already got a steady rotation that includes Charles Aminahue, Kerry Hyder, Drake Jackson, Jordan Willis. These guys are coming in in waves to come after you. They can stay fresh. Not to mention, Bosa's on a mission every week to get multiple sacks. He wants saccharoonies. Uh, and who's going to stop good old St. Nick from getting saccharoonies? Because when it comes down to it, the Washington Commanders, they have, you know, a okay offensive line. Um, but, you know, Charles Charles Leno, he's going to be playing left tackle. The right tackle's Cornelius Lucas. Um, so I, it's, it's one of those things where they're not big-time names. They're, the four years are going to be able to get after them. And if they can stop this run game earlier, and I think Kinlaw is going to be a big reason why the Niners can. With Armstead and Kinlaw, they stop the run. They force third and longs. I think Heineke and this Washington Commanders team uh, could be behind the eight ball and struggling a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that matchup overall. 
the defensive line for Washington against the 49ers offensive line and the, and the and vice versa, right? I think it's going to be fun. The 49ers defensive line against that Washington Commanders offensive line. It's going to be a lot of fun. And what is up, Gary? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Always good when Gary stops by to say hey. Gotta love it. So what's up, long time? How's it going? Welcome to chat. So, I mean, I think that there's a, a lot of really interesting matchups in this football game with the Washington Commanders. I think Chase Young is definitely an added aspect that I don't know, you know, if you really are prepared if you're a 49ers team. Do I think Chase Young, who's missed 22 games and been out over a year, is going to come in and, and play a, a full slate of snaps? No, I don't. I think Chase Young is probably going to play between 12 and 20 snaps in this game. He's going to need to get back in football shape. But on those 12 to 20 snaps, you have to take him serious. And what that means is in those situations, you're going to have Montez Sweat and you're going to have Chase Young on the outside, which means one of them is going to be matched up on Trent Williams, which is still advantage 49ers. The other is going to be matched up on Mike McGlinchey. Here's why it's interesting. Montez Sweat wins with a speed rush, which means you know he can force McGlinchey to get upfield really fast. We know McGlinchey can struggle with that a little bit. When it comes to Chase Young, he's going to want to go ahead and bull rush you and try to drive you back. What is a problem that Mike McGlinchey has sometimes is anchoring. So how do you protect Mike McGlinchey against Montez Sweat and, and Chase Young? You could say, oh, well, we'll chip. We will give help. I think the easiest way is to run the football. You run the football and you get to third and manageable and you get to third and short and the threat of the run still exists or a check down can still yield a first down. Then it takes a lot of the pressure off McGlinchey. Not to mention, if you have a third and short, you can still run play action. You run that play action, you're able to move the pocket. Then you're not putting Mike McGlinchey in a traditional kick slide where he's in a traditional pass set. That will make it more difficult on the opposing team. And when it comes down to it, even though Chase Young is good at stopping the run, Mike McGlinchey's a very good run blocker. He can go in there and push Chase Young off his spot. He can push Montez Sweat off his spot. Also, the 49ers being able to use screen passes, uh, whether that's bubble screens to the wide receivers or also check down screens, you know, the, the normal traditional screen pass, which you don't see as much in the NFL anymore, to Christian McCaffrey uh, could be huge in this game. Invite those, those guys who want to come after you, that aggressive defensive pass rush, invite them upfield and then take advantage of them with those screens and pulling your offensive line and pulling your tight ends. It's a fun matchup. There's a lot of moving pieces. I think it's going to be an exciting one to watch. Paul says 6'8 Armstead and 6'5 Kinlaw may make it difficult to see the middle. Also, a very good point, Paul. You know what I mean? That can make it difficult also if they can get their hands up in, in the air. You know what I mean? You get your hands up in the air and you, you bat down balls. Uh, Taylor Heineke, six foot one. So, um, you know, I mean, he's not much bigger than Brock Purdy, if big, if even if any. So you're right. Having those two guys on the interior and them being able to get their hands up. And when Drake Jackson's in there in the lightning package, him getting his hands up, he has more batted down footballs than any other 49er. He's been spectacular in that area all year. And I love that from a young player. I can't get home. I can't get to the quarterback. Well, then I'm going to get my hands up. And when when you do that as a defense, I mean, those plays, those tips, batted footballs are demoralizing to an offense. 
because that quarterback thought he had an opportunity to get the ball in there and pick up a positive gain, and then all of a sudden, you know, down goes that play. So I, I love it. I, I think it's it's really nice for the 49ers having those two guys in the interior. I don't expect a full slate of plays from Javon Kinlaw, um, but I expect him to get in there, you know, and get 20 to 25 snaps, uh, start breaking it in, and then they'll see how his knee responds from this. But it's a natural grass field there at Levi Stadium. That will help. There's, you know, the, we don't know if he'll travel with to Las Vegas next week. We'll see. Uh, I do like that it's a short trip, but it's good news for the 49ers. But Vegas, also natural grass, even though it's inside. Uh, Cher says, um, is Heineke a permanent solution at the cornerback position? I don't think so. I mean, I think Heineke has been one of those guys that he's fun to watch. He's exciting. Uh, he makes plays for that team. But, you know, when you have a 10 touchdown to 5 interception ratio, with that kind of defense, it's something that the 49ers have kind of dealt with too. Is with Jimmy Garoppolo at times he threw too many interceptions. You can't have those turnovers. You have a really, really good Washington defense, and Chase Young's going to make them even better. And I think they're a couple linebackers away, maybe one linebacker away from being just an absolute elite defense if they continue to draft well. I think that Heineke is not the long term solution. I think he's somebody that you can win football games with. I just don't think he can win a championship. So I think Washington at some point is going to look for their replacement, uh, a young guy that they can really develop. I think they'll try to go that way through the draft. Now, who will be that holdover, that bridge guy? Will it be, you know, will it be Taylor Heineke being a bridge guy to the future quarterback of the Washington Commanders? Or will it be somebody else? You know, could they next year turn to a Jimmy Garoppolo or a veteran player like that as they try to translate you know, to the the next wave of quarterback, because Ron Rivera still needs. He's in one of those interesting spots. He still needs to win football games. All the while, he needs to get he needs to get a quarterback. You know, that's the quarterback of the future. So I I think it's very interesting. But I I like Heineke. Uh, I like his excitement. I like his aggressiveness. I just don't think he's a long term solution in Washington. Uh, Gary says we need to play bully ball. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I think Washington's going to try to play bully ball too. I, I don't think these, you know, overall game plans and what you want to do in the football game is going to be much different. Uh, you want to go in there, you want to establish the run game that creates play action opportunities. I think both teams want to do that. And the team that's able to do that, hold on to the football and, you know, be able to win the time of possession is going to have the best chance to win because that means their defense is going to be fresh down the stretch. And the one thing you don't want if you're a San Francisco 49ers team is for this game to be close in the fourth quarter and Washington has been holding on to the ball and they've had your defense out there and then their defensive line is fresh. You don't want those four guys bearing down on you if you're Brock Purdy on a third and eight or a third and ten. Those aren't good situations, especially at the end of the game if you're trying to get in a two-minute drill. So I think the 49ers you know, really need to uh, run the football, establish the run game, Stay ahead of the sticks. If they're loading the box, then that means getting the ball out quick. You know, getting five yards on a play. That is how the 49ers need to attack on offense. I think that, that will really help kind of slow up that pass rush. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be an absolute battle for this entire game because Washington's not going away and they have something to play for. You know, I mean, they're if the 49ers beat them, it really hurts their playoff hopes. Uh, you know, there's teams right behind them, Seattle right there. The, the Detroit Lions are right there. So there are teams breathing down their th their neck, and they just had a big loss to New York Giants. So I think that Washington's going to come out there. They're going to play with a lot of energy. 
uh, you know, and a, and a lot of umph. And I think they're going to try to get after the 49ers. So I think it's going to be a fun matchup. You're going to have really good defensive line play. If you like watching trenches, Gary said earlier, the trenches, the trenches, the trenches. If you like watching offensive and defensive line play, this is going to be the game for you. Because whichever defensive line takes over this football game and makes the other team one-dimensional is going to win. I mean, that is a key matchup in this game. And of course, I'm doing my game preview live stream tomorrow. So come over for the game preview live stream tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to do that at 1130. So come through for that. Um, we're going to talk all about the key matchups you know, and get deeper into 49ers versus Washington Commanders. I hope you guys will all come through for that. But, you know, this is one of those ones that now that we're starting to know who's going to play, it somewhat changes the way you go about your business. Uh, you know, I'm sure Washington was waiting to see if the 49ers were going to have Charvarius Ward, waiting to see if they were going to have Javon Kinlaw. I think those are big things for the San Francisco 49ers. And then the 49ers, the news about Chase Young, it makes you think because now you're going to have to adjust some things to be able to account for him. Before that, you didn't have to account for such a great pass rusher and really a guy that can play all three downs at such a high level. He's a talented dude, but he hasn't played football in a long time. I mean, Chase Young being out for 22 games is pretty ridiculous. Now, if you're watching this and you're enjoying, you could give the video a like. I really appreciate it. If this is your first time to the channel or you've been watching, but you haven't subscribed. I would really appreciate your subscription. And if you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, but I just wanted to go ahead and, and put it out there. But I really appreciate, you know, everyone that's come through on chat and everything. And of course, because it's live Q&A, if you have questions, go ahead and throw it in there. Um, I love to have conversations. I won't tell you that you're wrong. I might disagree with your point, but I mean, we'll just have that fun conversation about everything. So I put the, the Q&A banner up there so everyone knows that that's the kind of the, the time that we're in. I did also put something about Jordan Mason on accident for a second, but uh, got it fixed. So yeah, if you have something, we can have a nice, nice conversation about it. And we've had a lot of new subscribers recently. So if you're a new subscriber to the channel, let me know. And um, and I'll have, you know, I'll make sure to just shout you out a little bit. Uh, Gary says, uh, didn't, the, I don't know what that is. Sea, sea chickens have something to play for. Uh, yeah, they did. You know what I mean? It's a good point. But, you know, I mean, that they definitely did. The, the Seattle Seahawks had something to play for against the 49ers. Uh, but when it comes down to it, the 49ers are a bad matchup for Seattle. The things the 49ers do well, you know, doesn't meet up with what Seattle does. Uh, DK Metcalf, you know, I mean, him against Charverius Ward, that's not a great matchup for Seattle because Charverius Ward is just is really fantastic and being able to play physical against big wide receivers. You throw in the fact DK doesn't run a extended pass tree, and he's got, what, maybe you know four or five routes out of that uh, route tree. So I think that you know that makes it a little bit easier. Um, but also just getting the pressure on Geno Smith, making him hold on to the football. Uh, and you know when it came down to it, D'Amico Ryans confused him on a lot of the coverages. He did a really good job. They, they disguised at an all-time high level. What's up, Jay in the Bay? How's it go going? He said, what's good? And, and Niner Empire, uh, if you don't follow Jay in the Bay, uh, check out his What's Good show right here on the 49 Yards Cutback channel. That's uh, out once a week. But he also does live streams on his own channel. He does some with Straight Out of the Bay where he works with, you know, Kelts Chronicles, Amin the Dream, uh, and Bay Area Baller. So check out that too if you guys are interested in more, com uh, more content. 
Uh, Michael Humphrey says, I'm checking in. Everyone know your role and subscribe to the channel. Love the use of the know your role uh, and subscribe to the channel, especially with all this stuff about Brock Purdy, right? It's like uh, know your role and shut your mouth stuff with Brock, uh, the people's champ right now. I love it. Thanks, Michael Humphrey. I appreciate that. Jay in the Bay says, do you expect CMC to have a similar workload versus the commanders or will JP Mason get more touches? Um, With the news that JP Mason's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring uh, tightness, I don't think we're going to see a, a increased workload for uh, for JP Mason. I don't think we're going to see Christian McCaffrey carry the football as many times or have as many touches. I think he had like 30 something touches, you know, last week. I think the reason he did, they wanted to clinch the division they wanted to beat Seattle. That was important. But they also had 10 days to recover. Knowing they had the extended recovery time, they could do it, right? What was the other huge workload for Christian McCaffrey against the Los Angeles Rams? What was coming up next? A bye. So when they know that they're going to have time off, they've used Christian McCaffrey more than they probably should, uh, but they know they're going to have that opportunity. I think with J.P. Mason's injury, um, I mean, it's just tightness right now. He could be good to go. He's listed as questionable. I think we might see some run from TDP. Kyle Shanahan talked about it. He said he might get some some carries in this football game. But we might actually get to see a little Jordan Mason and a little Ty Davis Price. Uh, it'll be interesting. Let's see if the 49ers end up elevating Tevin Coleman. That would change some things. But I, I think Christian McCaffrey's still going to have you know the, the most of the touches. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the hamstring with J.P. Mason. It will determine how all the other carries go. Long time says I was surprised that your Kinlaw was brought off IR already. I might and might play this Saturday. That is a very good sign that we that a fluid buildup in the knee area may finally be over. Playoff reinforcement. Yeah, it surprised me as well. Uh, I, I did not expect Kinlaw to come off this quick. I did think he was going to play in the regular season, um, but I was kind of I was on with John Chapman over on his Patreon, and I kind of was saying, hey, maybe it'll be Arizona. I was thinking that way there wouldn't be any travel. He could play on grass, you know, get a, get 20 snaps uh, and then get ready for the playoffs. But the 49ers are, are ready to put him in and, and see how he handles this workload. I'm sure they want him to be healthy for this run. They want him to be able to, you know, help the football team. But also remember in, in the offseason before the draft, they're going to have to decide on his fifth year option. So they probably want to see a nice workload for him. The remaining three, you know, regular season games, at least one wild card game. But you know, we're thinking they're going to play at least a couple games in the playoffs. You know, five, six games of Javon Kinlaw could give them an idea of where he's at and make them help them decide if they want to really, you know, exercise that fifth year option. So I think there's a few things that go into this. Of course, you never think really contract wise when you're in the middle of the season. Front office probably does. Uh, but the you know for Kyle Shannon, he's just trying to get the best players out there to play the best. And Randy says Jabronis don't know their roles. Uh, love it. Uh, anytime we get a little rock on the show, I gotta love it. And longtime Niner fans given the the muscle flex. Uh, Gary's telling everyone, hey, we only have twenty two for forty likes. Let's go hit that like button. I agree. Lou says, hey, hello, how's it going, Lou? I hope you're doing good. Uh, Lou says, need a poll to see how long he lasts. I uh, don't want to go down that road. I want him to last the whole time, Lou. I'll make a poll that says every game and every game. And we're just going to we're going to send positive vibes to Javon Kinlaw, you know, and and hope he stays healthy because I mean, with him in, in the middle with uh Eric Armstead, that that defensive line is at a different level. 
Those two guys can get an interior push, uh, and then Bosa and Ebucom can shut it down on the outside. And then you've got guys that, you know, can bring pressure off the edge too with Charles Abinahue, you know, with Jordan Willis, Drake Jackson. Uh, this is when the 49ers defense takes on a different role. And, you know, they probably are more urged to get Kinlaw in there sooner because of Givens and Ridgeway. You know, I mean, yeah, you've been using T.Y. McGill and Akeem Spence, uh, but, you know, it's a different animal when you're dealing with Javon Kinlaw. It's just it's so much different. So I'm excited about the potential of, you know, but like we said, you know, with when it comes to Kinlaw, we just don't know what you're going to get. I think that the 49ers have done a, a really good job of trying to manage his knee and get the fluid down. Uh, it appears they've done it like, you know, what a long time was saying. So maybe the this is the 49ers finally got the knee where it's supposed to go. The one thing I do worry about is just you know when he when he has to fly. I'm worried about the travel a little bit and how that affects. Um, and then Tribe says Bengals getting hot just like last year. I could see them going back. Yeah, the Bengals are playing good. They have the same record as the 49ers. Bengals and 49ers are both hot right now. Um, and you know the Bengals they play Kansas City so good. Joe Burrow, for whatever reason, is just fantastic against them. So you're right. The Bengals could be one of those teams that comes out of the AFC. Uh, to be honest, I think the 49ers, you know, um, they'd play them. I, I think that's a that's a good matchup. I think that overall with the Bengals' offensive line is just not good. If their offensive line was good, they would probably be the most dangerous team in the NFL. Uh, but they give up just so many sacks. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, and Lou says, hi, TC. Miss y'all. Joking it. I love it, Lou. Um, I was having fun with it, too. I, I think it's pretty fun. And um, yeah, I think that's one of the, the cool things. Uh, so Aunt, uh, Lou says, Aunt, I must have missed the Mason injury. Uh, what's up with him? So what Kyle Shanahan said was Wednesday, he ended up coming up to them and saying that he had some tightness in his hamstring. So as a precaution, they went ahead you know, and, and slowed it down. Didn't make him go you know, full speed. Uh, they listed him officially as questionable today. Kyle had some, you know, things to say about TDP. Um, so and said maybe TDP gets a little bit of a run this week. We'll see. Uh, but I think that they're, you know, waiting to see how the hamstring was. He didn't say it was a strain or a pull, uh, just tightness. So maybe they're just being cautious, you know, making sure this doesn't turn into any more. Now, with them already clinching the division, if they don't, if they feel like him playing in the game could, you know, cause him to have some sort of a pull or a hamstring injury, then for sure they, they should go ahead and, and rest him. You know, roll with TDP. You have Tevin Coleman on the practice squad. Elevate him and, and use those three guys. You can play Tevin on you know special teams or even TDP, even though he's not as good as Jordan Mason. Just make sure you keep Mason healthy because right now Mason's been a guy that's been able to help the 49ers finish off teams in the fourth quarter. I think that's been a huge difference from other years for under Kyle Shanahan is that four minute offense, getting the football and just never giving it back to the opposing team. That's how you beat teams like, you know, the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in the bills, or even, you know, Joe Burrow in the Bengals. You just never allow them to get back on the field. Okay. They got it close, but you're, you're never, you're never getting a, another chance to tie this game up. They did that to the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith. Yeah, they cut it to eight, and then they never got another opportunity because the 49ers' uh, offense was able to slam the door on any hopes and dreams of Seattle coming back. Lou says, do you see them going all out to try to keep up with Minnesota or just be medically uh, wise with their group of guys? Um, it's Kyle Shanahan has been you know, pretty clear you know, on what he thinks as far as you know, the defensive line. 
Um, I think that, or I mean, I'm sorry with the, you know, the guys that he is going to play, he was clear and he said, you know, he doesn't believe in sitting guys out just to rest them. He believes that that can have you set back, uh, that can cause you some issues. So I think Kyle Shanahan said, as long as the player's not injured or on a bubble where you worry if he played, he could be hurt the next week, he's going to be out there and playing. So I think they are going to go after that two seed. I think they know how important it is to not have to travel to Minnesota. I think if they did have to travel, like, you know, they would do it. But uh, George Kittle said it yesterday. Anytime you can cut off that travel time, uh, it's better for your body. You can recover faster. Uh, you go play a game in Minnesota and you got to travel another five hours back before you get recovery. When you're already here, it's just better for your team. You can you rest in your own bed and all that. So I think that that's how it is with the Kyle Shanahan. He's going to play these guys tough. I think, you know, if the two becomes out of reach at some point or they lock it up, uh, before Arizona, I think you could see him rest some players. I mean, but when you're carrying guys on your 53-man roster that are going to be inactive every week, like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and others, you know, like Kevin Givens, then you don't have as many spots. But when you do rest guys in the game, there are some guys that are still going to have to go. Uh, but I think he's going to be cautious. He's going to be, you know, careful with how he handles it. But I don't think he really wants to rest anyone. And what's up, Tanya? How's it going? Long time no see. Glad to see you in chat so i think that you know kyle he has an understanding of of what's needed you know for this 49ers football team um you know i don't know they they, they clinched this a little early so they have a long time to be able to figure out what to do over the remaining football games and they have a you know a really good roster and they need to keep them healthy they're getting some guys back and you know they're staying healthy at some positions so uh it, it's it's a fun time to be a 49er fan it's a fun time you know for uh, the Niners, but it's also a time for them to continue to get chemistry with young Brock Purdy and uh, Brock getting these snaps, you know, I mean, it's going to be important. And so I think that they will keep, you know, a battery of individuals, uh, you know, available even against Arizona because they're going to want Brock Purdy, you know, continuing to get some of those reps uh, as a rookie. He just needs more experience and, you know, you don't want to get him hurt. You don't want to get anyone hurt, but uh, you also need to make sure you're clicking on all cylinders and it's better to go into the playoffs hot than to take, you know, a day off or a week off. You know, it's like I brought up to Ant, or I mean to Jay Hill on the Ant Hill show is if, you know, you, you look at the teams last year that had the first round by Green Bay and Tennessee, both lost in the divisional round. Sometimes you would rather go in and play every game hot than to have a week off to rest. You know, yeah, it's good for your body, but momentum, execution, those are real things. And I think that, the 49ers would love to roll into the playoffs on a 10-game winning streak. And if they do, it, it, it could be uh, you know, spectacular to watch. They went in hot last year, and you know, maybe they'll go in hot this year. And Luce's aunt off topic. How's Alex? He's good. Um, he's actually in Arizona right now coaching um the team that he coaches uh basketball for, the school he works at. They're uh in Arizona for a tournament, so he's out there right now. Um, I saw him like right before he left and stuff. So he's out there. Uh, he's doing, uh, he's coaching girls basketball right now. And he's, you know, it looks like he's enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that, that's what he's up to right now. Um, so we're, yeah, everyone's doing good. He's doing good. So good question, Lou. I like that. So guys, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it open. Let's get like one, one or two more questions. And then I'm going to check out. I have some other stuff that I have to do today. Now how it is with the holidays. It seems like there's always something to do. And what's up, Team Cali? How's it going? So if you guys got any questions that you'd like to sneak in, go ahead and sneak them in now, and we'll talk about it. And then tomorrow, 
um you know make sure you guys come through for the game preview show at 11 30 a.m uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna be live and answering questions and having you know a fun conversation but also getting into key matchups into this game a little bit deeper dive you know into the x's and o's of you know 49ers versus commanders uh randy says pitch counts but no holding people out of games completely yeah i like that you know i think that's a, a good statement is you know like let's start limiting the amount of you know touches you get for christian mccaffrey uh maybe give extra touches to a guy like tdp or you know something like that or you know let's get danny gray a few extra a few extra snaps um i think those things would be pivotal so i think those are also could be hugely beneficial you get into the playoffs you know there's going to be opportunities and right now there could be opportunities for Danny Gray with Debo still out. So I, I kind of like that approach, pitch count, uh, but not holding people out of games completely. I, I think that's the way to go. I think, you know, the only guys you consider holding out completely are guys like Trent Williams, you know, veterans um, who have already been dealing with like, a, you know, during the season, a little bit of an ankle. Uh, I think you could hold him out. You could give reps to, you know, Colton McKivitz, uh, even if you wanted to dress him and, and not play him unless he's needed, but go ahead and go with Colton McKivitz or Jalen Moore or both. I think that would be beneficial to the football team. So I, I like that approach, Randy. I think that could be the way to go for the 49ers. So, um, yeah, that would be nice. And, you know, that's the thing. They don't have to win these next three games. Uh, they got the number three seed locked up if that's what they want. I believe they want the two seed to guarantee they get home field for the second round. And who knows, that could turn into home field for the uh, NFC Championship game. Uh, so it's going to be cool. And Lou says, Aunt, happy holidays to you and yours. Same to you, Lou. Uh, hope you are having a good holiday season. Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. 49ers playing on Christmas Eve, so that's going to be cool. Uh, what's up, Kelts? How's it going? Kelts Chronicles in the building. Like I said earlier, when Jay and the Bay came through, if you haven't checked out Kelts Chronicles, go check him out. Go check out you know uh, the Straight Out of the Bay show. They do a good job. Four good uh, people, individuals on there. You know, they, got, they got good perspectives. I checked in on Monday. I enjoyed their show that they were doing. It was Jay and Kelts. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of good 49ers content out there. Uh, you know, go check it out. See see what's going on. Give them a subscription. Um, you know, good dudes. So I really appreciate everyone. Thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun on this. Catch me tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Pacific time for the game preview show. We'll get into all those X's and O's. But until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.